You are listening to Digital Digital Get Down. Get Down. That made me think of like the late night radio host Delilah. <laughs> I don't think her voice was quite as <laughs> quite as high as mine. <laughs> no, but you just had like late night radio host I know. vibes. I do miss um, driving home from Boston listening to weird radio. We were just commenting today about iHeartRadio, like how it's destroyed any local color. I'm on the radio sure Minnesota stations. used to have some decent radio stations. Even while we've been here, your favorite one yeah. got eaten or destroyed or went out of business. <laughs> right, because they weren't iHeart. Yeah, probably. Man, um, we've made it to episode 105 by my count. Yep, the computer agrees. Uh, and per usual, nothing's changed. It's too late when we've started recording this. Too, too late, late at night. And I have I, no notes. You have no notes, and I have too many. Riffing. And my phone's at 9%. Yep. Per usual. Uh, <laughs> new phone, though. New, kind of. Used phone. New to me phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even really new to me. I moved my SIM card. Correct. Um, and now my little phone like gives me a headache to look at. How did I, I last know, babe. Why do you think people were it? teasing you for years <laughs> well, and years? Well, I'm a very spiteful person. At that point, I was mm-hmm. like, fuck you. I'm going to keep using this phone just because you told me not to. Um, you did the same thing with your flip phone back in the day, too. I did. Mm-hmm. Speaking as someone who had a flip phone the entire time I they lived babe. in Australia and it I drove know, me babe. crazy. I know. Um, we still have my little phone. I think we're going to maybe attempt to use it as an iPod, although even <laughs> that didn't work because you couldn't download Pandora on it. No. Um, I still we'll maintain... have to sync it with a USB cable like the old days. <laughs> Can you still do that? <laughs> yes. Uh, I still maintain that it's the correct size for pockets, though. Mm-hmm. For women's pockets. Mm-hmm. This one does not fit in any of my they pockets. They just released a new SE, so you're not you're not alone. But they also then announced they were, or it was announced that they're cutting the production of it. So, <sighs> All right, babe, let's get into really what we're here to discuss, which is that you and I both started the same book on the same date. <laughs> We had a very clear buddy read agreement. Not. It was accidental that we started at the same time, and I have but never, but like an accidental, like never miracle. in my life agreed to a buddy read. Not even, even with your Instagram friends. You lie to them when you say we're doing it. I do it? it very poorly. I either wait till the last day to read it, so I don't participate in any of like the mid-month check-ins, or I don't finish it, or I read it all like already, and then like a month later, I'm like I don't remember anything about. Book. Yeah, I feel like I just feel like our marriage took a hit this past week because <laughs> we could have like sat down at the dinner table every night and been like, "Wow, what did you think about yeah, that?" Yeah, and chapter? our child would have gone, "Don't talk, Mama. Don't talk, Dada." Like he does whenever we try to have a conversation now. But now I just feel I feel alone with my Kindle. But like even when it was like mandated by teachers to read a certain amount of pages, I would always read more yeah. and then get You're in just trouble. Just a rule breaker. That's just how you've always been. It's more that I like either get invested you, in a book or I don't. the kid who punishment had to be you couldn't go to your room and read. Probably, yeah. Man. Uh, I got a call. My parents got a call home in fifth grade and they thought I was in trouble. And it was because I had picked the Golden Compass to read for a book report. And my teacher was like, I don't think she's going to be able to finish the book, nor I don't think she'll understand it. My parents were like, she'll be fine. Yeah, and I've only I was heard fine. this story a couple times. Well, <laughs> I'm just telling you why I'm bad at buddy reads. This was always advertised to you. Well, that, that was my that been. was my bad news. So, there um, you go. I have a lot of bad newses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone needs to hear my hot takes on Ukraine, so I'll skip that. Sure. Um, Florida actually passed the "Don't Say Gay" law. Mm-hmm. Fucking bullshit. But now the liberal teachers in Florida, I saw an example. They're sending home a notice saying they're not going to talk. They actually, or is that just for social media? I, don't know. I just saw it. 
I appreciate the point, but then they're not going to teach any books at all. <sighs> uh, Public schools, man. Also, mm. Disney wasn't going to get involved because they don't get involved in politics. Right. And Pixar came out and basically said that Disney censored them anytime they tried to do any sort of gay shit. It's that. And, uh, like, they would try to put gay storylines and things in that and, mm-hmm. like, background characters and whatnot, and Disney Get censored axed. them every yep. time. But now Disney's, like, trying to, like, pretend they were on the right side all along, and now they're going to potentially lose their, like, governing status mm-hmm. in Florida because they're literally, like, their own town. Like, they don't have to follow the same masking rules and things like that. Like, right. the towns around them, like, they're their own governing body kind of mm-hmm. and DeSantos is like threatening to withdraw that because they basically said like don't hurt the kids like they didn't they didn't even like come right. out that strongly against it what does JK Rowling have to say about it she oh, has a God. Florida theme park JK Rowling. you've been to Florida within the past month babe I did that was my good news is that I didn't get COVID from Miami yeah. and, that and I you came home to this beautiful new water bottle from your husband I it is one of favorite presents that i got this year look at it you make us you make a sound that i've never heard before when you it's somewhat comforting but somewhat gross like a oh. breastfeeding <laughs> breastfeeding yourself <laughs> i don't know it's just in the face you make when you sit from it <laughs> that's a funny callback that's a funny callback. I know you've been watching those videos. I went on to your, I, I went into your YouTube one app. One of them, one of the times when Leo was recommended. When Leo would not fall asleep, I went and out of that watch one. No, for me, oh, not for <laughs> him. I didn't show him. Let me put my makeup Baby on you. There's a market for work, that. Honestly, we could get a fucking Pluto channel for that. Absolutely. Um, that trivia thing on that you did on Netflix, I don't know how I feel about it. It's I like the concept of it. I hated I'm finding around my Roku just makes me sad in different <laughs> ways. I can talk about that real quick now. Uh, the trivia thing <laughs> sitting again. <laughs> like it's definitely not arousal. That's definitely not the reaction to it. It's something. I don't know. Um, like Netflix wants to do games, which is fine, and making them remote. You know, easy remote control sure. uh, UI makes a lot and of sense. And they didn't make you talk. I thought no. they were going to push the microphone thing. No, so they got this this trivia thing with like a new episode a day. Okay. But the animation and the voice is like very like Coco Melony. Yes. But then the questions were like... Who wants to be a millionaire adult level? Right. And at the end, if you get enough points you like you free, free a, a small creature <laughs> that there's an, i don't understand the story i'm line. guessing they they focus grouped it and they were like we need our kids to like be paying attention the you like the ui is pretty decent right mm-hmm. the user is that the right way yeah. to phrase it mm-hmm. like the way that UX, you click through yeah. it and mm-hmm. whatever that the all of the theming is so off right i don't and it's irritating i literally just wanted to be like next question and just Correct. pop up the next question yeah that would be more fun for me yeah. Or just have like speaking of like ASMR and audience like like um ambience mm-hmm. ambient noise kind of things just have like pub trivia background right right like just generic there like, is another Roku generic like yeah. pub trivia background yeah because if that's like people don't go to pub trivia because of COVID or whatever yeah like just have it be like cafe or pub background noises yeah this was very or strange if it's meant to be for adults like set it up like a fake like 
bar trivia night. Right. No, I, I think, think that's that would a good make idea. more sense. Man, is that like Call two million Netflix. dollar ideas? What was the first one? I already forgot. Baby ASMR. <laughs> right. Based on our child trying to go to sleep, I would pay for a baby so ASMR. So when this Netflix show starts, it says based based on the game trivia something. So I'm the like app? wondering, yeah, if like by buying the app, they're like, you have to stick to our terrible storylines with... Why couldn't they just make their own? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what IP they had to purchase from this trivia app. To make the questions, maybe? So they didn't like, have to make up any of the questions. Surely you could Google hard and medium hard trivia questions. Yeah. Anyways, on that note, you left me alone for a weekend with a child. Solo parenting. Mm-hmm. It was mostly um, my birthday present. Sure. That's we are talking about the water bottle. I'm just saying, like, it was... It was the week before my birthday. Week I was also solo televisioning. Yeah, and you watched... Which used to be, like, a thrill. Like, I have lived with you since... We were doing the math a while ago. Since the year, like, 2013? 13, I think. Yeah. So we're coming up on only 10 years? Weird. 2012? We found our old Australia apartment on a rental website. There was a lot of... A lot of emotions. Looks a lot nicer without all the shitty furniture that, because it was a furnished. It's apartment. a beautiful thing that, of what realtors can do. Mm. Um. Anyways, almost, like nine years of living with you, and like anytime you're like, I'm going, I'm going out tonight. I'm all the like, times I go out tonight. I was like, man, I could watch anything. And for a while, I had all my legally obtained hard drive movies. Sure. Um, Allegedly. And I would just, I, I think I even went A to Z for a while. Like, I was just like, all these movies I saved because I want to watch them, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to love it. And eventually I got through most of the list after, like, culling, like, half of it because I was like, okay, I don't actually want to watch this movie. That list is gone. Obviously, I have saved lists in different places. Man, wouldn't it be nice to have a version of Book Digits where you could kind of track all this stuff? Um, but I was, pending. I always had something that I was like, man, once she gets out of this house, I am going to squat down and squat? watch. Why did you need to squat to watch? <laughs> and I was just so adrift this last weekend. I was like, mm-hmm. I should watch Tenant, the Christopher Nolan movie. Oof. I should watch it. Why do you want me to punish yourself? And I just couldn't get myself to click on it. Mm-hmm. It's two and a half hours, and the only reviews I've heard have been, you will not understand what's going on. <laughs> That's the only review that's come out. Um, and so I said, all right, we've talked about succession for months. Mm. Last time you took a trip, I was like, I'm going to start. And you were like, oh, maybe I'm going to want to watch it. Okay, and then we went back and forth. Devastated by how how lukewarm I felt about it. Did I chuckle? Yes. Was I intrigued a few times? Yes. Was I, like, weirded out in a good way a few times? Yes. But it's not an amazing show. No, life's too short for mediocre. It's yet another piece of media that's like, let's take the uber rich, and I don't normally say the word uber in that context, okay? I don't. I'm taking all my news time here, okay? Yeah, I have a lot, so you're the one who said we need to keep this a tight hour. Um, let's, let's look at the super rich, and let's see if we can make them either sympathetic or tragic or something like that. Yeah. What I got out of four episodes of Succession was, well, we can't do Arrested Development because Arrested Development like went straight for the comedy of rich, idiotic people. Sure. So we're going to kind of drag it out into like a dramedy. 
uh, like that wants to Empire? be. It reminded me of Empire. Maybe. Um, but there was just like no, nothing that pulled me in. Yeah. At all. Um, there's the question about, you know, who, basically the whole idea is who is the dad going to give the company to? He has three kids. The same thing as Empire. Is it? Empire is the, it's Never the black people. Right. But it's like, who's he going to give his music business to? It's based on the name. And yeah. it's the, his like three kids and one of them's gay. Jesse Smollett. Right. Um, and yeah. So it's a family drama of rich people in the, but it's right. in the music So there's industry. enough there, sure, to do with. And he has a middle-aged um, wife now who's like stepping in. It reminded me of um, of Knives Out wife. in that way. Oh, Where yeah. it's like, who is he going to give the, the fortune to? Um, so it has that element of like pitting the family members against one another. But what really made me decide to shut it off is almost in the middle of the episode. The big twist in like episode three is that the company, which is described as kind of like a um, like a sort of Comcast or Disney equivalent, like a sure. media empire, and they also have theme parks, which is why it's yeah, exactly, like the biggest, like the second biggest in the world, or something. Sure. They say the twist is is that they took out a, like a forty billion dollar loan or something that only the dad knew about, the IRS didn't know about, and the company is like two weeks from going bankrupt. And the entire premise of the rest of the show is that the dad is a business genius and is handing off this profitable enterprise. And just the fact that they like took a complete U-turn yeah. just because they had to manufac- ma- manufacture that much drama by episode three, I was like, how does this have legs for three seasons to keep me yeah. interested? It can't possibly. And if you don't care about any of the characters enough to want to keep watching. Yeah. See, I'm having the opposite situation right now. I'm in a bit of a TV renaissance for a solo TV renaissance My God, myself. I come downstairs and I think my new favorite version of Heather is not you watching Insecure, but you like watching the in-between cuts with the music of Insecure. You just get like this little, mm, this this music ain't for me, this show ain't for me, but damn if I won't enjoy it here for about 10 seconds. I enjoy more than 10 seconds of that show. I I'm really saying like that three. that connects with you. I'm not enjoying season four very much, mm. but I like season Anyways, three. Anyways, I'll shut up. Um, we need to figure out a way to get Abbott Elementary back. <laughs> okay. Has that been weighing on you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really want to pay $5 a month just for Apple. We can hack into an NBC, I think. Um, or ABC. I forget what it was on. CBS, I thought. Definitely not CBS. ABC, then? Mm, yeah, I think so. I don't think it's NBC. No, it's ABC. You're right. Thrilling conversation. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so I watched Mrs. Maisel. Yep. Did we talk about that last time? I don't know. We had to do our bit about... Um... Lenny. <laughs> Lenny Bruce, right? <laughs> yes. Did we talk about so, this last time? It's been know. a while since we podcast. Every time we podcast, I think, did we do the bit about angels in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely did that. Lenny. Okay. So Lenny last, Bruce. Okay. First of all, mm. I didn't know it was the last season of Mrs. Uh, last. Sorry, not the last season. Last episode the of the season. The finale. Because How do you not know these things? And you were just like, oh, I okay, just watched the no. Secure finale. Insecure. I didn't. Though. Yeah, insecure. And Secure would be a very different show. <laughs> um. 
Because they were releasing Mrs. Maisel week by week. Got it. So I was never sure. Like, so it never said eight out of eight or whatever. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. start watching it like straight when it came That's out. That's a pretty good excuse. So I was watching it like sometimes I'd have one to watch, sometimes I'd have two or three because I didn't necessarily watch it. Like it came out like Friday nights or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, so I didn't wasn't watching them either. I didn't binge them or watch. I kind of yeah. did in between where I was watching it like as some of them were released, but not all of them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I have one more to watch, another one to watch, and I watched it, and I was expecting there to be another one the following week. It didn't say like this is the finale. Right. But it was so good with Lenny. I love okay, Lenny. Okay, so right, you started so every fawning time, over Lenny. Every time we talk about And I Lenny, was like, okay, I'm going to look up. You're like, do you know who Lenny, Lenny Bruce is? Well, no, first you were like, it's based on a true... It's based on reality or something? No, I said, is Lenny Bruce a real person? God, and I said, oh, Lenny Bruce. I have a history with him. And I said, right, he used to be on Maddie in the Morning all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... <laughs> I've been listening to all these podcasts over the years, and like Bill Simmons especially will always be like, "Man, Lenny Bruce, the legend," and I'd be like, "That well, guy from Boston." Well, Radio? Bill Simmons is a Boston, Boston guy, so I was like, "Yeah, he must mean that chubby guy who talks like this." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, but they're really talking about him like he's a legend," and like he would have gone. <laughs> downhill real fast from where the show was also the show was in the 60s so he would have been like 90 so at some point prior to miss mazel i had finally googled lenny lenny comedian and realized lenny bruce and lenny clark were very different people you hadn't come to the same realization i didn't realize that lenny bruce on the show was i thought he was kind of like loosely based on a real person not a real person i won't google him though because i know that he i'm guessing that he makes a tragic end because Mm -hmm. they've been really foreshadowing it in the show right so i don't want to know how he ods or dies young or whatever happens to I him that's when i first googled it when someone was like r.i.p lenny bruce and i was like man lenny clark died he's, he's not i think he's doing fine lenny clark friend of the show he definitely died of covid by now i bet oh geez that's dark i just don't think he was the picture of health and i can't picture him being super pro vaccine <sighs> Okay, so you watched that. Watched that. And I quarter watched it, yeah. I went, then I watched a bunch of Insecure. Mm-hmm. Last week I watched, like, no, two weeks ago I watched, like, a whole season. Because mm-hmm. um, they're, like, 26 minutes. I fucking love a 26-minute TV show, TV yeah. episode. Even though they're on HBO. Love that. Love it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. There's no commercials. Love it. Um, and then Bridgerton season two came my out. My God. I'm Happy gonna birthday you, to myself. I'm going to give you three and a half minutes. First season, you we've talked extensively about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You and I kind of hate watched it. Mm-hmm. I made you watch it with me. My lord. By the end of it, no, you always my say grace. Your, it's your grace. <laughs> by the by, like the end of the season, you and I were both hate watching it pretty Correct. much. Like the there was one episode that was just hate sex. Or, and or tits watching and it. or in in the point that you were like, this is just porn now. Correct. And just I. Did never, I never liked Daphne. She looked too much like a 12-year-old for me to want to watch her having sex all over her fucking like, mm-hmm. palace, patio, gardens, whatever. And I just never really, like, I like uh, fake dating, and I never really, like, cared, bought into their storyline or cared about it. Plus the whole thing about But we got to learn how babies were made. The, oh, the dad, the, yes. I can't have kids because I didn't I like my dad. I can't have kids because I didn't like my dad. Um, so then season two, I was like, this might be trash, but I'm going to watch it and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Um, just because it's, I like having, having a TV show that I'm excited about. Cause for mm-hmm. a while I was just like, even when I had time to watch TV, I'd be like, I don't even want to watch anything. 
Oh, or I've been making my way through some, through some really shitty romantic comedies, like Falling in Love. Oh, yeah. That one was bad. The um, New Zealand one, right? Yeah. Mm. So, I fucking loved season two. Like... Me and you did. Like, sincerely, like, uh, not um, ironic, unironically, mm-hmm. I loved no, season two. No, she would come to dinner. I my God. loved season two. I loved Anthony and... Kate, I love their like enemies to lovers thing. They both are much better actors than the people in the first season. Mm-hmm. I think like the mains, the main characters. Even every time Daphne was in this season, I was like, get the fuck off my screen, Daphne. Oh my um, god, yeah. Just her picking up the crook. God, look at her. Look at her grabbing that crooked. Look just, at her. I just she really look at that it. face she makes. No, I don't like her. Do you see that face she makes? Um, you're making me sound really shrewish, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Um, you didn't even watch that much of the season with him. You watched one scene. Mm. Um, I just, I really liked it. I definitely think they dragged it out a little how many epi- bit much. How many eps? Eight episodes. But mm. like episodes, I think like six, seven, and eight was like the main like drama drama. Yeah. I literally like um, was like all caps texting my friend Jane during seven and eight, uh-huh. episode seven and eight, because I was just like, I can't even handle the tension anymore. There's a wedding, but I knew the wedding wasn't going to go through, oh but how are they going to make the wedding not go through? Uh, so they dragged it out a little bit, bit too much, especially the last episode, like the main romance, mm-hmm. like was hardly in the last episode because they like had so many like B and C and Loose D plots ends. that they had to tie mm-hmm. up. Um, no, the croquet scene was gross. Cause Daphne was like, they're having a lot of sex right now. And that it was, was like... The very last scene. Ugh. Why are you commenting on the that? second croquet scene. There were two croquet Yeah, anyways. Um, I loved it. I might start watching it again. Oh, I might Lord. rewatch season two. Um, I'm glad I didn't re... So I w- considered, I was like, should I... I finished Miss Maisel, and I was like, should I rewatch season one of Bridgerton to like get ready for season two? And then I was like... Hard no. No, I really didn't enjoy... The whole point is that it's not directly right but like there were some storylines that they carried on sure so i was like should i watch the first and i was like me and i'm glad i didn't because season two was i just really enjoyed it and made me really excited for the future seasons and i thought the writing was much better Mm -hmm. i thought the romance and stuff was a little bit cringy in the first season at some points Mm -hmm. and i thought this one was on par with like the best like pride and prejudice like um adaptations that everyone loves Mm -hmm. with the uh that level of writing mm-hmm. uh, which i don't think i've never read a julia quinn book so i don't want to like say anything it's about the judgment. author mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know how much of it was her so what i'm saying is i don't know how sure. much of it was her words or how much of it was the netflix writers getting better but like there were just some amazing quotes from it the acting was great i i really enjoyed it also mama bridgerton is like my favorite now she's the best okay um to me, in the 26 minutes I watched of sure. total of eight episodes, it seemed like the B-plot of who is Mrs. Featherington? What's the name? Plumpkin? Plumpkin? You had it right. Featherington? Featherington yeah. Uh, seemed like a complete like copy and paste, almost. Like there the was the first season? Yeah. The first season, her husband was alive, and he was like gambling all their money away. Sorry, no, I'm talking about the narrator thing, the mystery of who that oh, is. Oh, Whistledown. Whistledown. Yeah, it was the last. Like Penny deserved. Like Penny, as I saw her in episode eight, I was like, "Come on, Penny, get something more than that." Again, we're having Colin going, "Her, no." Yeah. And then the catch. Did they <laughs> sing it? <laughs> And then the kitchen toast. <laughs> the kitchen toast. 
They did not. Like Penny, come on. Yeah. She has. She must have her, a season coming up, probably. Uh, in two so seasons. they have to kind of keep her. Yes. Hmm. I think Benedict is next, and then Colin, based on the order of Benedict? the books. Benedict is the second one. Who's that? The artsy one that got high oh, on the yeah. mushrooms tea or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he, at the end, in the last episode, he quits the art institute because he finds out. Well, spoiler, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so he quits, and I'm like, ah, his season's definitely going to be next then, because they left his ending, like, the loosest. Like, the, they were building towards, like, his art and stuff during the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then he quit. But, although in the first season, they made it out like he was gay or queer. Correct. Or, or at least bi or something. And then in this season, in this season, kind of, in this season, mm-hmm. they went back to him just, like, having sex with an art model. And he has some sort of, like, Cinderella story in the next one. He's not mm-hmm. Cinderella. His ladies. going to okay. be, like, a Cinderella-esque story, right. so... I still don't think I want to read the books. I've heard the, I've heard the second book, uh, the Anthony and Kate book, is the best one in terms of mm-hmm. the writing and the banter and the plot and stuff. So I'm tempted to just read that book. I don't think I want to get into the whole series because I've heard some of them are not very I'm good. I'm just so grateful to not have lived in that that era. It seemed like there was very little to do. I, on one hand, There were a lot like, of balls from what I saw yeah, in this again. it made me think of, you know, the Bob's Burgers episode where, like, they win the tickets to go to the um, Downton Abbey, like, yeah. mansion thing. Right. Um, but then they get cast as, like, the maids and the servants yeah. and whatnot. But, like, I would want to, I would, like, do a Bridgerton, like, thing where you just got to wear a fancy dress and, like, go to a ball. <laughs> I don't actually want to live in that world because mm-hmm. I would definitely be, like, Eloise. And I would just be like, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want to meet the fucking queen. Mm-hmm. I just want to read my books over here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Um, so mm-hmm. I would definitely be Eloise. I'd be Penny. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Maybe. Good kind of a secret writer. Hmm. All right. I'm going to cut you off there. It's not a main segment, baby. Um, turning Red, are we going to talk about that at all? Um, I watched it without my contacts in, so I don't <laughs> think I'm, I'm at liberty to speak on it. I, I don't know. I. It was fine. It was not my favorite like recent animated movie. Mm-hmm. I... Um, appreciated the period stuff that I know was making some people think it's inappropriate for right. children. Well, you were just talking about a period piece, so I'm it's sorry. a little confusing. Menstruation. Mm-hmm. Um, people are saying that, like, menstruation is not appropriate for children to learn about. Hmm. But, like, some girls start their period at age, like, eight or nine. Like, they're children. Like, it happens when you're young. Mm-hmm. Like, I had middle schoolers who it happened to them in fifth or sixth grade. Like, I got my period in sixth grade well before i was like thinking about sex or having sex with anybody so it's not the people that are equating menstruation with a sexual thing uh, i just have a profound misunderstanding of the female reproductive system and kids ask where did do where do babies come from at the age of like four i'm sure so so and that's the same thing with people saying that like oh you can't teach your kids about about homosexuality because then you're you're teaching them about sex and it's not appropriate Mm -hmm. and it's like two things here first of all homosexuality is not about sex it's about who you love and who you're attracted to like Mm -hmm. and kids that are young feel that Mm -hmm. like kids who are queer if they don't understand that there's another option it doesn't mean they're not queer it just means that they're confused and sad and lonely Secondly, 
how many fucking onesies and shirts are out there being like future ladies man mm-hmm. like that are like sexualizing like heterosexual stuff mm-hmm. or oh she he flirts with all the girls or oh watch well, out ladies it's not and, about whether like, yeah but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like people use that literally on babies yeah um so anyways i know it's never about logic and you, you pointed right. out before that it doesn't need to be about logic but it's frustrating to me um Anyway, so turning red. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated that. I appreciated you that. like red pandas. That I like red pandas. I appreciated that, um, like, all these movies about generational trauma and mm-hmm. um, kind of forging your own path a little bit and, mm-hmm. and trying to not make the same mistakes that your fam- parents or family or whoever did. Um, that being said, the movie overall, like, wasn't my favorite. It didn't charm me. Did you love the music? Everyone seems to love the music. The one, like, the fake the fake Pop. boy band yeah that just made me think of bob's burgers speaking of bob's burgers yes and it was very bob's burgers-esque yeah. um, the other thing this movie reminded me of was um what's it called lady ladybird mm. just in the sense that it was like okay rebelling it's a t- family i'm talking more about like the creation of it like sure. a talented storyteller someone with a lot of energy in their storytelling but like for me it was like almost i don't know you i don't like i don't love to assume when something is autobiographical yeah but it just both of those things gave that sense to me yeah i um don't love just like awkward middle school Mm -hmm. things uh ironically maybe as a middle school teacher but like i don't i don't find them super relatable i did have kind of an awkward middle school experience but mostly just because i was like shy and didn't have a lot of friends and felt like I kind of like matured a little bit. I don't know how to say it. Like I was like mature in that like I did my homework and I was responsible yeah. and stuff, but I like had no interest in like dating boys and going to dances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't like really relate super hard to a lot of them. So number mm-hmm. one, I don't love like middle school awkward things. I, I don't find them, I don't love them personally. Mm-hmm. Number two, I thought this movie was going to be about something very different. <laughs> because when I had first seen something about a red panda, it was like a like new adult kind of movie. Someone tell me if I make, made this up. Uh-huh. But I thought it was like a new adult kind of movie. Um, red of panda like, goes to college? No, so there was this like, maybe like a Hello Kitty kind of thing. But red panda, and it was like, she was like a like overworked underpaid like a new adult kind of storyline where she goes mm-hmm. to an office and like rages out and becomes a red panda mm. and that's the movie i thought i was turning on yeah. so when she was like 13 or 12 i was just like, like waiting for the not... time jump to uh... yes um so i was very confused because i swear i remember yeah uh-huh so this is what i thought it was this is very different you thought it this was an like anime a hello kitty um character who i guess it's just a myth that they're both playing off or a a legend or history or whatever she's an office worker whose life at work is frustrating and she holds back her rage and she sings death metal at the local karaoke club and she's a 25 year old (laughs) uh red panda okay so this is what i thought it was because Mm -hmm. i got the shows i got them the characters confused (laughs) that's funny so um the other thing i was going to say is that well first of all it doesn't have to be relatable to everyone. That t- terrible take of that white dude who's like, I don't find it relatable. Yeah. It's like, fuck off. It's about, like, women can have a show. Yeah. How many fucking movies are there? Like, The Hangover and fucking Money, baby. Uh, 
<laughs> and um, also, so that was just a bad take. Yes. It's fine. It's relatable. Everyone has family drama. Everyone gets frustrated with things. Everyone went to middle school. I, mm-hmm. Stop being a dickhead. I have watched better similar movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Wish Dragon I really liked on Netflix, and it was kind of a little bit similar to this, um, where it was kind of like Chinese myths like overlapping yeah. with modern technology and stuff. Um, so I liked that one better. It was fine. I don't know why I talked okay. for so much about it. I, I feel very neutral about it. Mm. Um, are we going to save our Bo Burnham talk for a different episode since we're... Um, yeah, let's move past that one. I okay. Guess. Move past it or save it? Save it. Okay. Mm. Um, I think that should be it because it's mm-hmm. already been like half of the podcast and we didn't get to the yeah. main events yet. Uh, you can do a quick advertisement? Oh, I had one more bad news. Mm. Should I say I think I should t- say it. So, I saw this um like news article mm-hmm. and it was like woman gives birth to donate an embryos and they were twins right so like if people do like ivf or something and don't use all of their embryos mm-hmm. they have the option to like donate that like let some like give them back to the mm-hmm. embryo center and someone who like can't doesn't have enough eggs or whatever can use a donated oh, wow. embryo um so whatever um this person says she gave birth to donated embryos so if she like has a functioning uterus but doesn't have any eggs or whatever yeah so you can get somebody else's embryo but you can gestate it so like you carry the baby Mm -hmm. but it's not your biological baby so it's like okay that's a nice story i guess i'll click on it um it's a white woman and -hmm. she gave birth to black twins interesting so she chose because you choose the embryos oh. it's not a surprise like they though they would have known who the who the parents were yeah the donated parents they would have known like you know the gender of your baby or the sex of your baby yeah um so this white woman like chose to have to give birth to black twins so many things wrong with so it. So really, they really let you choose off a menu, you think? Kind of, yeah. Hmm. And when I was looking at some comments, uh, an Instagram person that I follow was commenting on it. Um, a mixed race person who talks a lot about gender, uh, race issues and gender issues. Um, was like, it's really hard to find donated uh, embryos that are not white. In terms of, mm. like, if, if a black person is struggling to have a baby, it's difficult for them to find an embryo that matches their race. Yeah. Um, so they actually, it's screwed up, but they actually, it actually costs more to have a minority huh. embryo because, like, supply and demand. So this woman not only purposely picked these, but, like, paid a premium so that she could give birth to black babies. It's so it fucked up on so many layers. I can't even. Reminds me of Sandra Bullock, who adopted, I think, in the really weird moment on the Smartless podcast that I listened to, where like Jason Bateman, who apparently is quite close friends with Sandra Bullock and has family hangouts all the time, asked her which part of motherhood she missed, like the early days, like when you're feeding them and they're little babies. But she didn't have these two children when they were little babies. Right. And so she gave like a. She said, "Oh, I miss it all." And I was like, "Wow, does he not realize they're not her natural children?" 
Maybe just didn't remember what age they got. Uh, probably. It was just like... They joined her family. I think one of them was decently young when she adopted yeah. them. Anyways, that's really fucked up. I, I don't even, like, have enough, um, like, race knowledge to even break down all the reasons that it's problematic, but mm-hmm. it's problematic. Okay. Um, I thought I should mention that leading into the two things. This was kind of meant to be our Black History Month um podcast right. and it's now april, april so we succeeded in there i guess um well but we should read they books, say you shouldn't just watch yeah exactly around so um but i wanted to make a, a dedicated effort to have us watch and read more of it during black history month mm-hmm. i don't know that i would have watched this movie otherwise um, it's not really my type of movie it's not no in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um so we are going to talk about do you want to do the book first or the movie first? I think the movie would. We're going to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah. Start. This one, like Oscars and shit last year, right? Last year, it's I like think. It's like award yeah. contender. Sure. Uh, I had heard. Does some, it even matter? I heard. No. Um, I had heard some people recommend it. Mm hmm. Um, I didn't really know what it was about. Um, no. And then when, I, when we were talking about it, I was getting Fred Hampton confused with. Um, Medgar Evers is the person I got um, Fred Hampton confused with. Medgar Evers was also pretty young when he died. Not as young as Fred Hampton, but yeah. pretty young. He was assassinated, but by a white supremacist. Right. Well, that's the same as the FBI, I know. Um, uh, and how old was Fred Hampton? That's like the most unbelievable 25, part. 25, I think, only. Mm. Medgar Evers was 37, which is still depressingly young. Yeah. Um, but Fred Hampton was only sorry 21 yeah and one of my comments about it was that daniel kaluuya um i didn't i I didn't think he looked young enough to make it as Mm. affecting as i wanted to at the end of the movie i was like he did a great job like the way he did the speeches was really good he's clearly a very good actor oh for sure um and i think that probably was their priority to make sure that the actor could like like had the chops for uh, yeah, I'm just looking at some pictures of him in Get Out. I think he would have looked the right age then. So he was born exactly one month before you. So that makes him now 33. 33, yeah. So yeah, I when think... Get Out came out... Um, what the freaking year is it right now? 2022? Five years ago. So he was in his mid-20s. Yeah. So yeah, I think that he is a very good actor. He did well acting, but I think that... Fucking British is still the most amazing bit. Yeah, I can't. I think the the biggest tragedy of Fred Hampton, like we just said, is that he was only 21 when he mm-hmm. died. So he yeah. was like a building literal a teenager yeah. building a movement. So he's like in his like late teens, and he's like the face of the entire black panther movement and locally at least yeah yeah, and as they show in the movie he's like responsible for getting kind of making like alliances with other black groups and Mm -hmm. even with some white and like working class groups and the like mexican trade people and like kind of not single-handedly he clearly had a lot of help and stuff but he was like the the charisma and the face and the charm that was making the movement success so successful there yeah and he was like in his 
he was like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. It's incredible. And it makes it that much more tragic that not only did he die when he was 21, but he was like, it was like state sanctioned murder of a child, of, of a teenager, mm-hmm. if you will. Like, this is the same age that like when white boys like rape someone, they're like, we don't want to ruin their life. So we won't send them to jail. Prosecute them, yeah. We won't prosecute Speaking them. of that, and he spends part of that, part of his life in prison and part of the movie in prison. Charge. Which I think, right, it, you know, movie versus the real life, like, I think it's, it hurts the movie because you have the lead actor and the force kind of of the story in some ways, just absent for a while. There's not of, much he can do. I kind of disagree. To mm. me, it, um, paralleled like malcolm x's time in jail Mm -hmm. which was which is very formative martin luther king his letter from the birmingham jail i think it um kind of gave him i don't credibility i don't know how to say it it's he was such a threat they were so scared of him that they had to like make up no i understand that context i mean as a movie he's gone for like 45 minutes i mean that brings us to our my other critique of the Mm. movie is that I don't know if I liked the angle of focusing on Lakeith's character. Right. Would it have been better Daniels. to be a biopic? I, it certainly made it more of like a thriller and and more um, almost wide ranging yeah. than being a biopic. Because if it was a biopic, it would be like, and then he was in jail. Correct. Whereas there, in this case, there was other kind of things in motion that that was natural for the movie to follow. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't know. I I struggled with it mostly just out of anxiety because I didn't enjoy watching him like kind of get backed into this horrible role. And with also, Jesse Plemons involved as well. Jesse Plemons. How did he marry what's her face? I don't know. I don't understand. Dunst. He has to have mm. the biggest dick of anyone in the world. <laughs> I don't get it. Um I really didn't like how the the, the way they told the story tried to make Jesse Plemons' character sympathetic a couple different times. Yeah. Of like, oh, but he is a scary boss too. And yeah. it's like, no, we're not right. doing this. This oh, is how systemic things keep going because you like, can just, yeah. Yeah, we'd say, oh, well, he was in a tough position too. Fuck no, he didn't have to fucking kill a 21-year-old. Yeah. Uh, no. Here was my biggest thing. I just mentioned systemic, so I'll, I'll say my piece here. The part that stuck out to, the, uh, to me of the movie is actually early on where he's kind of doing one of his like early kind of rallying speeches i think i think and he talks about the people in like an anti-capitalist way where he's like they don't care about you they're using you and that kind of stuff and i like we were talking about like our our education um on this topic like we learn about civil rights in in history in history class usually in february and you learn about the laws and that kind of stuff i had never don't think i'd ever heard capitalism tied into that movement same thing when we and the proletariat and all of that stuff that he was it sounded like almost his his you know philosophy was more based around anti corporations than it was necessarily anti-racism or anything. Why the government had to kill him? Mm. If he was just saying, we should have equal rights. But like when we watched that Martin Luther King one, he was like anti-war mm-hmm. and anti-Vietnam. And that's right. one of the reasons the FBI was so pissed at him yeah. and was investigating him was that he was anti 
Vietnam. So that made him a traitor. So in this case, it's the same thing. It's like he's trying to start. It, he wasn't just trying to like get voting rights for black people. He was trying yeah. to start a revolution. Right. And that's what made him more dangerous. And that's what makes him more fascinating. I was really interested to learn about him. I only knew, you know, vaguely knew about him. I think I read like a, a article about him. Yeah one time or read a short piece about him so it was fascinating to see the ways that he did cross the um just race barrier he Mm -hmm. wasn't just like i want equal rights for black people yeah he was like all of us need to stand up against an unjust system of living right and i feel like when it gets watered down no pun intended to just the black people had to have their own water fountain and their own bathroom Oh, no, it, like, oversimplifies sense, it too much. It's a sensitized version of, yeah. of all of this. And that's, I think, um, as I've kind of educated myself more and was teaching more, it's like you you teach the kids about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks because mm-hmm. they were so peaceful. And they sat, she just didn't give up her seat and how brave that made her. And Martin Luther King had these peaceful rallies and they walked... Uh, and people threw things at them. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, the, the little girl whose name I'm blanking mm-hmm. on. Going Ruby Bridges to yep. going to school and how brave she was to walk in. But nobody wants to teach you about the anti-capitalism, anti-government shit that they talked about. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to teach you that they like people used to bring their entire families to lynchings. No one wants to teach you that... like. Uh, they would set dogs on the black people mm-hmm. and fire hoses on them. Like, they they want to teach you this, like, nice, like, quote-unquote, kid-friendly version. Mm-hmm. But then you're, you're, yeah, you're neutering it. You're taking all the, all the more interesting bits away from it. And yeah. you're just turning them. That's why people always get pissed with Martin Luther King Day, too, when people are just like, he wouldn't want this violence and division. Mm-hmm. He just wanted us all to be without without seeing each other's skin color and it's like no you're taking it out of context this dude went to jail he like just because he didn't want everyone to have a gun like the black panthers or like the um like malcolm x or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't mean he he was for he didn't want to be beaten up mm. I, I don't know well anything else to say on the movie mm-hmm. um I mean, the Judas is like a good allegory for it, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever buy, and I know it all happened, but do you buy that he would become a mole like that? He's doing it purely for money? Um, It was at first for money, and then he got threatened. Like, they said he was going to go to... They said they right. either said He's, he would go to jail, yeah. or that, they, that at the end, Jesse Plemons said, I'll tell them that you're a mole, and then they'll absolutely torture and murder you i don't want to say like he should have let himself die because like that's not human nature is you're not gonna be like okay i'll just like unless you're literally jesus you're not gonna be like i'll give myself up like but you can't help watching it going okay just don't drug him or just tip him off somehow or like it's it was hard to watch i knew what was coming mm-hmm. at the end because I did remember the, I this did. part about Fred Hampton's story so I knew it was coming so I was like watching it kind of like half because I was like when is this horrible scene gonna come mm-hmm. and I was just like 
oh, there's so many chances to prevent this. And I know that that's part of the movie is like, we don't actually know exactly how it went down. And it's part of the movie to kind of try and um, keep you on your toes, I guess, or keep you like tense. But it was hard to watch. And I also, I didn't know the part about the the drugging. And I, I don't know if that was true to reality or if that was something that like maybe they added it sounds like it was true um i didn't remember that from what i had read about him previously not that i did like a ton of research but like if he didn't drug him could have could he have escaped and why did he need to drug him Mm. like why couldn't he just say he did that i think he was trying to like have it be more peaceful right Mm -hmm. i don't know it was it was really hard to watch i i enjoyed learning more about fred hampton and and hearing some of his speeches and seeing how he kind of united speech the city scenes, and you get why like the academy awards yes, would be like yeah yeah and you get i was gonna say you get why people would follow fred oh Hampton, for sure like, yeah um but i don't know it was hard to watch a lot of it because mm-hmm. you know what's coming i struggle with movies and things were like you know it's not gonna be a good ending i absolutely knew how the end was gonna come yeah. about and to me like following the guy who kind of helps that ending was extra hard to watch yeah. because i was like i absolutely know where this is going and i oof, i don't know yeah. um i also just like i think it is it was a good movie for me to watch to make me uncomfortable like a lot of sure educating yourself more is sitting with discomfort mm-hmm. um because otherwise you only learn about rosa parks and yeah. movie bridges and you only learn like the sensitized version of the version of history but it's just like so scary to think that the government just can murder people like there was that one scene when i was like the government can just murder people and he was like yeah pretty much mm-hmm. like it's fucking terrifying and i know that there are a lot of countries who have had it worse um in terms of horrific governments and making people disappear and all of that sure but i think it's very easy to like point fingers and be like oh isn't it great that we live in this country and not in you know whatever south american country where they just make everyone disappear mm-hmm. but it's like if you're saying that it's because you're from a race that for the most part the government does not want to make disappear uh so many different black activists um were either tapped by the fbi investigated by them Mm -hmm. attempted murder by them they literally tried to get mlk to kill himself there's like those uh letters where they were like trying to basically threaten martin luther king um and in this one, like, they were trying to, like, ramp up the gang violence. Remember when they were, like, releasing the fake flyers? Yeah. To try to, like, m- make them not uh, work with each other? Just that they were paying people to do this is just... Yeah. yeah. And then they just, like, murdered some of the other people to think make them think they were the informants? I don't know. It was... It's very scary to me. Hmm. <laughs> and I, I know that, like... I knew in my head, like, oh, the FBI really tried to subvert the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to, like, watch it all play out and see, like, how they did it and watch the actual murder at the end when they, like, don't know if he's dead and they shoot him an extra five times in the face. Mm -hmm. Fucking horrifying. In front of his pregnant wife. Right. Or her girlfriend, I should say. I don't know. Okay, babe. Do you have any energy to talk about the book? Let's do it quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, the book that we are going to talk about is called Little Family. Mm-hmm. 
it is um, a book that was recommended to me. I enjoyed it. It was not my favorite book of all time, but I liked it. It mm -hmm. felt different from other books I was reading at the time. I read it last year, I think. Or maybe two years ago. A year and a half ago, I think. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. It was different. I find myself in the last couple of years reading a lot of the same type of story. I'm either reading YA or like contemporary romance or maybe like a historical fiction or a... Um, a fan like a YA fantasy mm -hmm. I don't read a ton of just like literary books and I don't read a ton of um I don't know how to, like more contemporary like yep. commercial literature or whatever mm -hmm. so for me to read a book it's nice it's like a breath of fresh air sometimes to read a book that's in a different kind of genre a different tone than what I've normally been reading about and still enjoy it sure. the book we're going to talk about and one of our next podcasts was a similar, in a similar vein. Um, the one that I failed at buddy reading with you. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, where I kind of picked it up because you were like, we should read this for the podcast. And I was like, okay. And it was an author that I, I liked one of his other books. And then I was like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. And it was kind of a nice break from the other genres I've been reading. So Little mm -hmm. Family was similar for me where I wasn't like... Ishmael Bay. From where? Oh, I'll have to look that up. Um... So this was not like a favorite of all time book, but I found myself really enjoying it and kind of surprised that I was enjoying it because mm -hmm. it was a little different from um, the other books I'd been reading at the time. And I thought that you might like it. I think I, I didn't really wrong. like it. Uh, I have been wrong before. He hails from Sierra Leone. Okay, so he is African. I, for some reason, thought it was Asian and you were the one that told me mm -hmm. it was African. Yeah, African I, I hope we read the same book. We did read the same book. It was very vague. They didn't. They didn't tell you like the right. city. That or was the one country. thing I mentioned in my review that I thought that was quite an interesting storytelling device. Was that it was a very clearly African-based story. See, um, I thought it was Southeast Asian, so I didn't even think it oh. was African. No, it was pretty clearly African. Okay, I believe you. But uh, never names the region, the, well, the country, or the city. Very strong sense of setting or sense of place mm -hmm. without actually telling you what that setting was right like you can very clearly picture where they were and it talked uh you know a lot about the poor areas versus the rich areas right. and the the port and where the yep. ships came in and where the tourists went and whatnot so Correct. Like, it gave you a very clear like map of the area and you could i imagine said it was almost like a parable in that way because like true you kind of had these different moving pieces, um, but yeah, their background was, was kind of vague on purpose. Yeah, because you could kind of apply it to a lot of different yeah, situations. Right. Um, so the premise of the story, correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong because it's been a little while, but there's five four, kids five, five mm -hmm. kids who are like orphans or runaways, Yeah. Um, and they kind of band Three together. boys, two girls, I think, yeah. They kind of band together, and they... They live in an abandoned airplane. Yes. I thought it was going to give me heavy lost vibes, and then I was like, this is the airplane book, right? And you were like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is the airplane book, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, I think they live in an airplane. It's really not important to the plot. No. Just, just um, displays their homelessness, basically. Yeah, so they kind of band together, and they have all these different strategies for where they find food and where they try to find work and find some money. And, um, and uh, then they kind of start to get, like, separated, um, partially because they're growing up and partially because, mm -hmm. like, 
they get some kind of, some kind of different job opportunities that are different than normal. Yeah. The boys kind of get pulled into a, a legal scheme. So Elamain is the the bookworm bookworm the older kind of brother of the group of this found family. He's the one that connects with William Handkerchief, who is the shady guy who's like, hey, I got a couple a odd jobs for order. you to run. Yeah. yeah, and the whole family participates in like two of them, and then they start to kind of branch off. Yeah, and they initially didn't want to because they didn't want to like attract attention, right? Or like Correct. get involved in like higher level illegal shit. Like I think in the beginning it kind of talks about how they try not to like steal stuff. Like they try to like right. earn some money finding trash don't they start off on that uh i think so like they try to like earn some money here and there just to go charge their phones they need to make a couple yeah. dollars yeah. so they try to like do like odd jobs here and there they're kind of set up as like not villains right like they're trying their best right. to kind of make gentle calm the people honest, a little bit, honestest yeah. living that they possibly can while still surviving yeah um so they usually try not to like do anything that would attract a ton of attention or get them sent to jail or whatnot yeah um so there's some argument about whether or not they even want to like kind of work for the shady dude yeah but then the girl the oldest girl gets a job at the hairdressing place right um sort of yeah she ends up there i forget if she actually gets a job or not so she's kind of getting pulled towards like teenage desires Correct. it kind of seems yeah. like where she's like she still loves the rest of her found family but also kind of is being pulled towards trying to make more of a future for herself and trying to like dress up a little bit nicer and have some alone time and like mm -hmm. um kind of make some friends and at that point is where it kind of uh reminded me a lot of parasite of what i watched of that movie okay because she's like kind of pretending to be in this yeah correct the, in in the same world as the rich people yeah um and it reminded me of another book that i read too that i can't i can't remember at the moment mm -hmm. but she's like you know pretending that she's like goes to these fancy restaurants and stuff with with her like accidental friends that she Correct. found yep. when really she's like literally homeless yep. um and the, the parallels of like the seeing both sides of of the country the poverty versus the you know extreme wealth yeah um i only watched half of parasite and i still compare it to like everything and <laughs> I, sometimes i still think there's someone living in our basement oh god attic maybe not basement that doesn't make me feel better um, but like the whole second half of the book is a is a romance between her and her sort of upper class beau. Yeah, which just isn't didn't do for me. I don't really remember the second half of the book, which maybe tells you that it wasn't the best part of the book. I like found family vibes, so I kind of liked the tension of like, are they all going to stay together and do what they always do, or are they going to like split up? Kind of yeah. and. I kind of liked the girl's journey, the older girl's journey. What was her name? Uh, Kudamata. I kind of liked Kudamata. her journey because, um, I don't know, I kind of liked seeing her blossom a little bit, and I think it made sense, and it was it was interesting for, like, an interesting kind of character study or character development for me yeah. to, like, see how they, like, connected as a little family, but yeah. also how their own individual interests kind of like pulled away from that. And it kind of was like the individualism versus collectivism kind of thing where it's like they have kind of a safe way to stay all together, but they're never really going to be able to get past that or, or 
you know, grow up past that. Mm -hmm. So then there's this tension of like, do we do the safe choice where we all like stay together, but we're literally like working for pennies a day? Or do we try to take some risks and maybe have to like separate and not see each other as much, but have a chance to like have more of a real life um, as individuals, even Mm -hmm. if that means losing our kind of closer family ties. Um, So I kind of liked that tension. I found it interesting to see how it would play out and like how kind of far they would pull those spawns um, away from the family or if they would go back to it, like like how much they're willing to risk or how far away they were going to pull and still go back or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't bug you that none of the characters had any sort of backstory of how they got to that situation in their lives? No, not at all. Ugh. I think that's why the beginning set it up so well was that like you got little hints of kind of some of their trauma and the backstory um but that wasn't really important like they were all there because something terrible happened at home or they didn't have a home anymore Mm -hmm. and so no it didn't bother me yeah all right it's not that i wouldn't recommend it to people um tell me tell me your more of your feelings on it i feel like mostly i've just been talking it just kind of I don't know. It just didn't have much of a bang to it, I guess. Okay. Let me go back to my review and see if I said anything a little more poetic I was about do it. The same thing. Okay. I gave it a B, so I didn't like. You gave no, it sorry, a I gave it an A minus. I didn't love it, but I, I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I talked about the the atmosphere of the setting, which I think for sure. But yeah, I think um, I think it's hard to it's hard to consider it not underdeveloped if there's no background to the characters. I think I kind of thought that was kind of fun that it throws you right in and there's mm. like, you're not focused on the backstory. They're not sitting around telling stories about how they, how they what, like what tragedies put them there. Yeah. Like it's almost like you're just dropping in on their lives. Uh, I thought you would normally hate books like, like that. There's Fred a word for Fred it. Fred Night Lights thing. Yeah. Zoom. Zoom, like like the the, the when they pretend it's a documentary yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. What what is that called? Like they're filming from behind the bushes. I hated it <laughs> in Friday Night Lights, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Sort of, yeah. I'm not sure there's a great parallel to be drawn, but there. What I'm saying is that like it kind of like just drops you in as if yeah. as if you're like just viewing their lives. So they're not going to be like, "Hello, camera, let me tell you about my tragic backstory." Right. Right, like right, it right. kind of just like throws you into the to the action and to the characters and mm-hmm. doesn't like waste any time trying to like convince you why they're poor or why they're there instead it's just kind of like you just need to accept the poverty of it it's also a slow book though which i guess is my issue is that like what you're describing i think makes a lot of sense if it was like a bang 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 book i didn't find it that slow of a book i wrote my my review was i was really captivated by this book pretty much from the start i love the immersive setting the interesting characters and the commentary on class race corruption etc the only thing that fell flat were the ending it felt really anticlimactic and i was hoping for more from the side characters but i still would recommend it Mm -hmm. my 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 takeaway was that i i thought the william handkerchief character who was like half villain half robin um, hood yeah was who i wanted a book about okay um because i think that was a little bit more interesting like all these these five kids all had hearts of gold like for sure but like gray moral area even though like they were meant to be hearts of gold but like 
in you, like you understood why they would make some of these like questionable choices. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Do so you wanted more from that guy to figure out his his deal? I think so. Yeah. I like I said I don't really remember the ending because I didn't like the ending. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, you just basically find out who her romantic partner is actually working with. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that felt like I feel like the I felt like the author had a really strong setting and when i say setting i think i kind of like that i didn't know what country it was in because i think that makes it a little more universal like you said Mm -hmm. um but i um i liked the setting and i liked the characters but i feel like kind of the author had these these characters in mind and the setting and Mm -hmm. they didn't quite know where to go with the story or how to end it yeah like he kind of had had a great setup and of like that they're gonna go off on this thing and she's gonna go off on this thing and the little ones right. are gonna go off on this thing but like didn't quite have a way to tie it all back together yeah. like i wish the ending had a little bit more workshop been workshopped a little bit more i think because i think it could have been a stronger book mm-hmm. and i think it would have been maybe more memorable for me had it had a better ending because I, I gave it an, so, yeah. i gave it an a minus but like Seems i don't like that was kind of remember the ton a ton of the plot points yeah. i just remembered i just liked the whole the whole vibe of it okay while i was reading it i'm surprised reading it i was like i don't i'm not sure why she enjoyed it i was like wow this is kind of like a literary type book that that i enjoyed so that's why i was like maybe you would like it and uh, clearly that was that's okay babe it's not like we signed up for a buddy read or anything we didn't sign up for a buddy read you said sometimes even ann pancakes gave it a b wow she gives everything a b she's scathing yeah she gave it a b um we didn't sign up for a buddy read. You said you need to read this sometime. Okay. Do you have any upcoming things other than um, sleep? Yes. Okay. Um. Heartstopper, coming in. It's getting a show. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like there's a trailer. I still I need to figure out if I catch up. I was reading it with web web comic. Um, animated or not? Not. Real life rugby. Yes. Real I life gay re- sex. Man, cuddling. Um, I was reading it as a webcomic and then I got the first two volumes of the graphic novel and I never got the third and fourth ones. I don't even know. They're on my wish list. Nobody keeps buying them for me. (laughs) Um, So I need to get those sometime. I should see if they have those with one of my gift certificates I got. Mm -hmm. The Time Traveler's Wife is making a show on HBO? No one needs this. I mean, I really like that book, but I liked it like 10 years ago. Let's do About Time. as, as an HBO show. series and you break out some multi generation, all the generations mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, the flat chairs becoming made a movie. See that? I liked the other one better. I liked the Switch, the second book by this author, better mm-hmm. than the first one. I think it could still be a good movie. Yeah, it's gonna um, be. It's gonna end up the same as. With them. We haven't talked about hating game yet. It's gonna end up the same as that, probably. Yeah. Which I was fine with. Yeah, fine. Um, I still have. Beth O'Leary's third book, The Road Trip, sitting on my shelf that mm-hmm. I haven't. Uh, the font is really bad in the book. Ugh, and it's making that's me not want to read it. it honestly, me. I might just get it on Kindle, even though I bought the book. Mm-hmm. It's really thin paper with a really small, kind of icky font. So every time I pick it up, I'm like, this looks hard to read. Island of Missing Trees, go and read my review if you want. They managed to screw up the font on the Kindle. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the, the highest the font. grandmother I, setting just to make it legible. I forget what book it was, but I had to manually change the font style mm-hmm. because I could Mine was not just the size. Um, I Want You Back on Prime Video with Jenny Slate. 
and Charlie from Charlie Day. Sunny. Mm. What are they going to be doing? A movie. Banter. Okay. I'll be back on Prime Video. It looked good. You didn't talk about Sarah Destin yet. Um, Sarah Destin. Trailer. Uh, I never watched the whole thing. It was fine, I guess. <laughs> um, Along for the Ride was never one of my favorite favorites of hers, but mm. I'll definitely watch it, and I hope it does well. It all takes place on a bicycle? No, she goes out on, like, late-night bicycle rides with mm. somebody around a town. God. It takes place in Colby, which is, like, the summer... Slayer rules. What are you supposed to say? Sp- what? Spinner, spinnerbait. Oh, hate spinnerbait. Hate spinnerbait. Um... It takes place in the beach town that a lot of her books are in. Mm-hmm. That's based on somewhere in Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of hope if this one is successful, they could take some Get of the other movies going. in the other universe. Mm-hmm. But this lullaby is my favorite, and that's the one I would love to see a movie of. So I hope if this one does well, like sure. they have plenty of other. Like, I'm sure they have the rights to She's a bunch of movies. She's got the options too. out there. Yeah. Yeah. The last one I was going to say is Dairy Girls is having a season three. Okay. Um, I don't know how they can afford What's-Her-Face after Bridgerton. Who on it is in Bridgerton? Oh, she's on that? She's a little lesbian. Oh, cool. A little cute little blonde girl. Hmm. So um, that must be why it got delayed for so long. Aside from COVID, is like there must have been some serious contract negotiations there. Um, But that was such a weird little show that I enjoyed. And Mm -hmm. I, once I'm done with Insecure, I will need another like weird um, 20 to 30 minute show. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that to come back to. Okay. That's our episode, folks. All right, I've had to pee for like an hour, so um, I could have just paused it, but this is coming at you in nearly one take, per usual. <laughs> Joey Trippiani-style work. Yes. Heather does her best. I will I will uh, talk less and finish quicker if I really have to pee, if I have a full bladder. Oh, this was less. This was less. This was me trying to speed it I up. I just thought I'm that you, meant you gave a good performance. I wasn't no, commenting on the speed of your this speech. This was me like, trying to wrap things up because I really got to pee. Well, folks. Um, on that note, mm-hmm. uh, thanks for listening, per usual. Uh, if you have any comments or notes on what we've uh, talked about, send mm-hmm. them our way. We definitely Mailbag's have, always open. It's been empty for quite some time. Definitely have a Twitter, I think. Yeah. At DDGetDown. Um, How's that bookstagram going? bookstagram at book digits mm-hmm. um you can check us out there comment there book talk tick book oh book, to- book talk is that what it's called I think so. we don't have a tiktok and we will not be getting a tiktok mm-hmm. that's my worst nightmare um thanks for listening okay. thanks for making it through this long ass episode and we'll see you next time bye 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 bye